Next on BYU Sports Nation, the countdown to college football hits the century mark. What one thing are you 100% confident in as it pertains to BYU football? The new BYU football radio analyst is in studio. Who is it? Great question. Plus, all EuroLeague first-teamer Brandon Davies may have a new professional home. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, back from Tennessee, and back in Studio B. Your day-to-day play-by-play, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, May 21st, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton after a one-day break. Once again, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. He's your summer concert tour guide, my friends. I'm going to a couple of concerts. I'm Who's first? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Jimmy World. Okay. First. Okay. They're a regular in Utah because they have a lot of fans here. <laughs> yeah. They're demos here. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Dave Matthews Band in August. Okay. That'll be fun. So two on the docket. Mm-hmm. Any others you were are considering? Oh, lots, but I have two kids now. So. <laughs> it's, it's a calculated it's a, move. It's a different game. Yeah, it's, my it's wife's like, hey, I'm going to go out of town for a couple of days. I'm like, what? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's all but fair. When you play golf, when you go to concerts. I haven't played golf yet this year, I don't think. Yeah. Also a product of having multiple children, I'm sure. Eh, just opportunity and money. <laughs> who, who said anything about money? Free golf. we got to get you set up with free golf, Jerem. Yeah, who's, who's, uh, who's got it? That. I'll work on that. I'll work on that. I'll also work on today's show lineup. The newest BYU football analyst on the radio, the man joining Greg Rebell in the booth this fall, will join us on the program. Plus, Bruce Brockbank, BYU men's golf head coach, back-to-back NCAA championship appearances for his team. They're nationally ranked again. He was a little concerned after they lost a guy like Patrick Fishburne, so how did they get back again? We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Casey Jacobson of BYU Baseball, speaking of nationally ranked teams, named West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Jacobson had six hits, two home runs, three RBI last week. This marks the fifth Cougar this season to win the award. Good luck to the Batcats as they move on to the West Coast Conference postseason tournament. D1Baseball.com projects BYU as a three seed in the Corvallis Regional. The Batcats begin play in the double elimination West Coast Conference tournament Thursday, 6 Eastern, against LMU on BYU Radio. Shaylee Gonzalez of BYU Women's Basketball named as one of six alternates for the USA Basketball Women's Under-19 squad to compete at this summer's U-19 World Cup in Thailand. Gonzalez, one of 30 original trialists, for the now 12-player team. So we know for sure she's one of the 18 best under 19. Yeah, not bad. And Brandon Davies is headed to Real Madrid in Spain, according to Sport, Sport Nando. Uh, Davies has one year left on his deal with Zalgiris in Lithuania. Real Madrid would buy out that contract. Real Madrid is considered, oh, I yeah. think, the best non-NBA team in the world, that program. So it's not the soccer team. Don't get confused. Uh, that's a big move for Brandon. Oh, that'd be great. Wow. So, some details obviously haven't emerged yet, but that would be a great move for Brandon Davies. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We have reached the century mark in the infamous BYU Sports Nation college football countdown. Hit it. The countdown to the youths. One hundred days. We are 100 days 100. away. Okay. 
Now it starts to feel a little bit more real. Yeah, starting tomorrow. When, when you get into du- double, digits, double digits, now it's real. The century mark today, yeah, 100 days away, and that has prompted a 100 theme. We're keeping it a hundy on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, starting with this, what is the one thing you are 100% confident in as it pertains to BYU football? Uh, against Utah or just BYU generally? You can go wherever you want with this. Uh, I was thinking it was versus Utah specifically. So um, for me, that, that it will be a one-score game. Mm, okay. Because our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 18 of the last 21 BYU-Utah games have been decided by one score. One score. <sighs> How many has BYU one of those? I don't know. That's not our stat. <laughs> uh, I'm g- gathering that Utah probably won more than BYU in that span. The last 20 years have not been as good for BYU, but the previous 20 were really good. So you win some, you lose some. Um, this game has always been close. I mean, unless it hasn't. And the three blowouts in those last 21 have all been for Utah. Uh, BYU hasn't beaten Utah by more than one score since 96. That was a great season. Which is really weird. It took a top five team to beat Utah by more than one score. That's what we just learned. Remember when BYU was up 20 in Salt Lake City like they were in 1996 last year? Twice. Mm-hmm. Not once, but twice. I remember that too. So, yeah, I, I expect it to be a close game um, based on how BYU's typically played this game. It hasn't mattered that mighty Utah and its streak in the Pac-12, blah, blah, blah. This has been a, a loser's talk about margins, and BYU's been the loser in this eight in a row. But what it means is there's a play here or a play there. And if your boy, Zach Wilson, can be the difference, now we're talking. It's been a close game because it's the rivalry. It just... Because it, Utah's not actually that much further ahead than of BYU. That's the point I'm trying to make. Oh, I know. They I are know. ahead as a program. But when it comes to head-to-head, which is the ultimate decider of who's better, it's actually not been that distant. Yeah, how big is that difference? The one thing I'm 100% confident in as it pertains to BYU football is Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback. I don't know much outside of that, Jerem. In terms of positioning and who's going to start and who's going to play where, I Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback. We'll see what Jeff Grimes does with the rest of the offense. Uh, after that, it's, it's all up in the air. Yeah, I'm with you that I think it'll be a close game between BYU and Utah, especially because it's the first game of the season, and those typically lend themselves to be close, weird games that are a little bit ugly and – turnovers and it just it just gets weird uh but i i am 100 percent confident zach wilson will start in game number one against utah and outside of that everything else is up <laughs> for debate this just did. it's up for that's what 100 confidence right yeah that's o- what i'm confident offensively in. there are very few questions about BYU in terms of who is where it's just who's gonna have the most carries we know like the top probably three four running backs, right? Receivers, it's like all the same dudes. Tight ends, it's the same guys. O-line, it's the same guys. So I'm excited about BYU football because there's some continuity with that group, and they're back. It's not like, oh, I don't know who's – like middle linebacker for the defense, who is it, right? We have some names, Max Tooley, Jackson Kafusi, blah, 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 right? But – but we don't really know. Running back, it's like, okay, we know that it's going to be Lopini Cato in the mix. And we know that we, we know who's in Tyson the mix. Williams we just don't know and, who the starter will be. Right. And starting in football doesn't matter. It's who gets the most carries. It doesn't matter who plays the We first. don't even know who the horse is going to be for the running backs. And if there will be one. We don't know. Yeah, a lot of questions. Keeping with the spirit of 100. 
Who will be the first BYU player to put up either a 100-yard rushing or receiving game? Alevi Hifo, Jerem. Alevi Hifo is the big play receiver for BYU. And I think in the forgettable season of 2017, Alevi Hifo was the first dude to go for 100 yards in that miserable offensive output. Alevi Hifo, when you think of, okay, throw it up, let a guy go make a play, you think of Talon Shumway and Alevi Hifo. I think the volume will be there with Alevi Hifo more so than the volume would be with a guy like Talon Shumway. They can both make big plays. The tight ends can make big plays too. But I think if we're going strictly first to 100, it's going to be a guy like Alevi Hifo. He makes a couple of big catches in one of these early games, and he has himself a nice afternoon or a nice night. He had the longest play of the season last year. Against Western Michigan. 70-yard catch. Um, but he had fewer than 40 yards in 11 of the 13. He needs to be better. So does that whole group. I think it's Matt Bushman. He had six for 92 against Utah. I think in the Utah game, he immediately inserts himself. Perhaps he doesn't get to 100 if he, for the sake of this conversation, yes. With Moroni Laulu Puchitao there, I think it'd be harder to break yes, that up. Yes, I'm not sure BYU has that guy, and they haven't for a couple of years. The, the Cody Hoffman, the Mitch Matthews guy where you go, okay, we can lean on this guy to get 100 yards. It might be week six before somebody goes over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, Talon Shumway was the first to 100 and last year. Uh, and then I think Dylan Colley in the bowl game, was that it? Just two, maybe? Um, and that was in a blowout. Like It was the, the defense is softer when you're – down 25 in the fourth, right? It's different. I I wonder how many times BYU will have a 100-yard rusher and or receiver. The And there's the discussion, and we've had it recently, the need for do you go with a guy or do you go with guys in a situation? Receivers, it's always guys, right? And then you hope that a guy pops up here or there. Running backs, it's more consistent in terms yeah. of who you're going to give the ball to because you have, what, three or four guys that you'll actually give the ball to 10-plus times in a game in that in a season. Receivers, it could be if he foes the hot hand, boom, you go there. If they're giving the underneath and the quick stuff, then you go to that certain receiver. Talent Shumway, to me, is probably the best deep threat on this team. Hefo had a nice play. To me, Hefo's the slot guy who's going to get in the intermediate area where the tight end is not. He's a guy that can catch the ball on a five-yard slant and take it 30 yards. Yes, his, his strength is quickness. Yes. Um, not necessarily speed down the field to me, although I think he is fast. Um, hopefully we can see a guy like Gunnar Romney emerge as that guy. The four-star, he didn't go on a mission. He's here. The continuity of that, the connection with Zach Wilson. I, I think we need to see Gunnar Romney more. He was injured. He was banged up going into fall camp with that hamstring. Then he got hurt midseason. Showed uh, pretty well against Utah State in that game and, and some others. So Gunnar Romney could be the guy. I don't know. I think there are a lot of different guys that oh, could be yeah. the answer to this And question. if it's a running back? I'm going to go on what I know about Jeff Grimes. He relies on those he trusts and who has pr- – Lopini Katoa, I think, will be the starting quarterback – or starting running back, rather. I don't know. But but just like he relied on Squally Canada, I think Jeff Grimes will, early on in the season, at least rely on what he knows, and that is Lopini Katoa in games. Yeah. So maybe he's the first to 100 yards rushing. I don't know. It's a fascinating question because yeah. there are so many different guys that could do it. Right. And you may say, hey, Tyson Williams, you've been there. In the ACC and SEC, and you're a fifth-year senior, whereas Lopini's one year off or a year and a half off a of mission or whatever. So, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I'll throw all of them in. Let's go. Okay, let's stay with our keeping it a hundy theme. Will BYU score 100 points, Jerem, like they did last season prior to the third quarter of the fourth game this season? Yes? I'm not, I'm not sure. It's certainly a tougher schedule than last year. Arizona and Cal, right, and and Wisconsin and McNeese are different to me than Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington. Okay, on the surface, though, knowing now what you know about those four teams, 
I mean, before the season, we were thinking Arizona was a potentially top 25 team. Cal was supposed to be the guaranteed win, and Wisconsin was a top right. 10 team. It so all changes. I, it, but it, I don't see an FCS team on there where he could throw up That 60. is the difference. And last year, BYU only put up 30, 30, which was, that's bad. You need to score more on an FCS team that's not, like, in the quarterfinals. And didn't BYU score 30, I think, in the first half? Or the first... The, uh, I'm not sure they scored in the second half. Yeah. Maybe they a field goal? They didn't score in the fourth. Maybe a field goal in the second half or something? Yeah. Utah's defense is really good. BYU put up 27 last year at the end. Okay, That could be a game where if you get some points, that's pretty good. That D-line, according to Athlon last, last week, the magazine came out, second in the country. Okay, Tennessee, TBD, USC, Washington. Washington's defense always really good. Mm-hmm. 100 points, so that's 25 per if you average it out. That's, that's a good chunk. That's four scores from seven years ago. I don't think BYU is going to do it just because they – I think they'll average right around 25 points a game in the first four. There will be a 28 in there. There will be a 21. Will there be a 30? Maybe a 17, maybe a 30. Will there? I, I don't against know. Who? I don't know. Maybe against USC or Tennessee is my best bet. Here's, here's what perhaps we're undervaluing or overlooking. Underlooking? What if this BYU offense comes out and is really good? Like, like, really good. They pick up where they left off with Utah and Western Michigan where it's like, okay, I know the fourth quarter against Utah wasn't ideal, but those first three quarters. Zach Wilson, the run game is solid. The yeah. O-line's really good. The receivers don't have to be great. They just have to be good. Zach Wilson's picking apart the defense. And what if BYU puts up a 30 spot, beats Utah by, by six, and then goes to Tennessee and puts up some points? Great. Defense makes a great. play there. T- like, what... What if this BYU offense is, is way better than we think? Then I think it changes everything. Because we haven't seen a great BYU offense in a while. It's been a while. Probably 2014 14. in the first yes. four games. Yes, 2015, I think that was a good BYU offense. I think pretty good, very good. In terms I, of great? Yeah, I don't think we've seen a great offense since 2014. Yeah. I wouldn't even character, uh, characterize 2013 as great. I thought they were very good. I thought the run game was great. Most yards in BYU history. Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, sophomore. But what if this BYU offense is very good? Yeah. And they and they can put up some points. At this then point, they're going two and two in September at, this point, at least. Even if they do have a good offense, I still think it's going to be late in the fourth game. Fourth quarter, fourth game against Washington, right around there. Early fifth game, BYU hits the 100 mark. This is a question that no one is asking. Nope. But we are asking today. Well, that's <laughs> what we do. We think of uh, when, ways to keep it a hundy. But when will they score 200 points in the season? <laughs> will it be game eight or nine? Oh, boy. <laughs> Our question of the day. What is the one thing you are 100% confident in for BYU football in the 2019 season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Here's the easygoing Blue Goggles response. Matt Kiwi Jack went on Twitter. Alert. Blue Goggle alert. I'm going to have Blue a good time. Blue Goggle alert. Win or lose, just watching Cougar football with my family. Missed all of last season due to Army basic training and OCS. Not sure what OCS stands for, but I'm guessing it's some type of training. Join in hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. and Instagram. I'm going to have a good time. It's going to be great. Well, Win it, or lose, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yes, it is. See? Well, well, no, not if they lose. It's not going to be good. No, no. Even through those glasses. It's no. the, it's the no. easygoing outlook. Yeah. Then, then you no. It's not, it's not all good if you lose. No, it's not. Coming up, Mark Pope can rap. 
Between the Lines coming up next. What? I, I Wow. Okay. But first, the newest BYU football analyst joins us in studio. Who is he? We'll tell you next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. WCC Player of the Week, Casey Jacobson and top-seeded BYU Baseball plays Game 1 of the West Coast Conference Tournament Thursday against LMU in Stockton, California. Listen to it live on BYU Radio at 6 Eastern. Right now, the Batcats projected as a three-seed, according to D1Baseball.com, in the NCAA Tournament. Question is, if they don't win the postseason tournament... Can they get in as an at-large? Yeah, and that's I'm confused by the three seed. It's three seed out of that regional. Out of those four right. seeds in the regional, in the correct. Thing. Yes, there are 64 teams, so a three seed would be somewhere between 33 and 48. Yeah. Somewhere so, in that So mix. they're in right now, oh, according yeah. to D1B. Yeah, yeah. We continue on from Studio B. We're keeping it 100. 100 days away from BYU in Utah. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our next guest is the architect of some of the top moments in BYU football independence history, moments like these. Ladies and gentlemen, the new radio analyst of BYU football joining Greg Rebell this fall joins us right now in Studio B, Riley Nelson. What's up, Riley? Thanks for having me on, fellas. Boy, did I love throwing to Cody or what? (laughs) (laughs) For a second, I was like, wait, is Cody Cody? Is this a Cody Hoffman highlight or a Riley Nelson highlight? Hey, congratulations, man. Thank you so much. No, I I couldn't be more pumped to... uh, to have this opportunity given to me and um, to get working with, you know, replace a legend and Mark and work with a legend like Greg and and to be really selfishly, for me, the reason why I'm most excited to be that much closer to the program rather than these few years of being a casual fan. Now we get to be a little bit more involved and especially the game day experience, which is what it's all about, to be back and a part of that. Couldn't be more excited. And you chose the 2019 schedule as well. That's a pretty good one. There's some nice games on there, some yeah. nice trips on there. Yeah, no question. I couldn't <laughs> say that, uh, you know, when when the whispers are out there that Mark uh, might have been hanging up his mic, uh, I, I'll admit, I you know, I started doing some lobbying, knowing, hoping that the timing would work out, you know, for maybe this year. And now that it has, yeah, those first four logos are as good of, of a slate, that uh, a good of a first month that any team in college football is going to have. And I'm excited to see what the Cougars are going to do against it. Yeah, not surprisingly, you're a self-starter. So you hear, you throw out some feelers there. Um, what I mean, what, what were those conversations like initially when you said, hey, I, I think I might be interested in doing this? I, I just said, listen, uh, I'll work for food. Uh, <laughs> Greg, I'm not going to take up any of your airtime, steal any of your spotlight. Oh, you won't be able I'm to do a- that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, but uh, yeah, I just w- said, listen, this is uh, something that I, I listen to the radio broadcast. I mean, I try and make it to as many games as I can, but that typically ends up being two or three a year since I've been done playing. 
with my brothers playing up at, at Utah State and all that. But I listen to the radio broadcasts almost every week um, on the internet or not. So it's been something that I've been part of as a as a part as a uh, observer, and now to be a participant in it. Uh, yeah, threw it out there and went through you know a series of kind of interviews and feelers, and they were talking to some other guys, and I just couldn't be more uh, tickled and more fortunate that they chose me, and I'm excited to do a good job. When did you realize this might be something that you'd want to do? So my grandpa, who uh, again, not to talk about Utah State, but a lot of my it always comes out. It's yeah, okay. my heritage is a lot up there. So he was a coach up there and the athletic director. And when he got back from uh, serving as a mission president, he did the color games for the basketball up there for not quite twenty years. It was I think it was seventeen or eighteen years. So. Going there and always being with Grandpa, you know, in the pregame, postgame shows and seeing him do that thing, of course, it was something that I, if I ever got the opportunity, I, I'd want to do it. And then secondly, I, listen, whether I'm in the stands or I'm at home or I'm in the car driving, I'm doing it already. Yeah, I'm yeah. already giving my commentary, whether it's my wife that's the audience, whether it's the guy sitting next to me in Lavelle Edwards Stadium or, or my brothers or whatever, I'm doing this already. So I might as well talk into a mic and see if other people like to hear it as well. What's your grandpa's name again? Rod Tuller. Rod Tuller, okay. Yeah. And you had another relative, I think. It's the Richards Building equivalent up at uh, yeah, Utah State. Yeah, State. that's my Nelson, my namesake, George Nelson. That's my great-grandpa. Gotcha. Yeah, so his Rod dad. Tuller is my mom's dad. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so hey, you got some good relatives there. Good, yeah, good but, yeah, but Grandpa Tuller was the one that uh, made the foray into media, and hopefully I can do as good a job as he did. If You know, he did that for 18 years. If, if you know, BYU, and uh, I can stick on the radio broadcast here for 18 years, I'll consider myself really lucky. Yeah, the new BYU. BYU football radio analyst joining Greg Rebell. Riley Nelson is with us in Studio B, the former BYU quarterback, ready to take his talents into the broadcast booth. At what point did you okay, – so let me, let me go here. With your wife, okay, this is a significant commitment for essentially three or four months every weekend. Um, what, what was that conversation like with her saying, uh, I'm going to be gone Basically every weekend for the next four months. Yeah, it was uh, it was an important one, no question. <laughs> uh, my wife, bless her soul, she she said when I came to her, she said I kind of explained the whole thing, and I was trying to be really diplomatic and like, no, but we can, it'll work out good for you. I was trying to paint this rosy picture for her, and she just <laughs> said, listen, you don't need to do that. You don't get excited about too many things, and you seem to be really excited about this, so I, I support you, and um, of course. Her family's big BYU fans. I got a brother that's living down here in Provo now, and and uh, he's wanting to come to all the games. There's, look, we're already doing football every Saturday anyway, so to be able to um, participate in this elevated level and and do that, she was really uh, now. We are yet to go through a season, <laughs> so she's yeah. she's excited and supportive yeah. in principle. I, I hope to do all that there, but we have a ton of family support, and football is kind of what we do. That's she knew that when she married me, and so she's bought in, and and we're ready to go. This is when when she starts to get a little worn down. This is when you say, "Hey, let's go to San Diego in yep. uh, November." I'll take you with me. Oh, let's yeah. Come come yeah. with me to San Diego. Exactly. That helps, and she loves to travel, and uh, and so to be able to go, uh, you know. Schools like or places like Tennessee, Knoxville, and yeah. San Diego, and even South Florida. That's another yeah. one that's later Tampa. in the season. Oh, yeah, this is a great. I'm the new analyst. Yeah, schedule, no right? question. Like, well so, played, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> she, yeah, she won't be able to complain. Um, Boston's in there. Yeah, yeah, we love Boston. It's one of yeah. our favorite cities. Yeah. And so, look, and the the best part about it is I get to be at every BYU game in person and and experience that game day feel. 
you know, for good or for bad with that player. As an alumni, you still feel part of it, yeah. but you aren't part of it, right? Now this is a part I can at least say I'm on the edges of being part of it again. So looking forward to it. You keep doing it until Greg retires, and then I'll take over for Greg, and then we'll do it. Oh, How about I'm that? looking that forward to right? it. That sound all right? I'm holding Greg, you to it. <laughs> Greg, is that okay? Is that okay, man? Yeah. In like 28 years, yeah. Greg's done. Okay, those first four games we've talked a lot about because we always the only team in the country to play four Power Fives in a row. Yeah. Loaded up. Luckily, three or four are at home. How do you feel about the first four and the challenge that is those four teams? Yeah, so I mentioned like feeling back a part of the program again. And if I'm if I'm inside the program, you have to truly take the Bill Belichick model of like we're gonna go one and zero, one and zero, one and zero, one and zero. I I know some people are looking at that first four and like, man, if we can come out five hundred, that'll be great. And you, you can't do that. You got to take Utah, then you got to take Tennessee, then you got to take SC, then you got to take Washington. Now that being said. As, as the fan part of me, how do I feel about, like, maybe coming out 2-2? Two and two? I feel really optimistic. Um, Utah, obviously, is going to be solid, but I don't think they're going to be significantly better than the team that we were up on late in the second half at their place last year, right? Even though Huntley and Moss are going to be healthy and in the game now? I mean, Moss Armand is a, big, is a big game changer. Yeah, that, and that's true, but, I mean, you look back to – um, uh, Johnson, who was the little running back that they had that quit and came back? Anyway, the run, the running yeah. game at Utah has far more to do with the offensive line than it does any running backs. I'm of the opinion, and they're searching for answers on the offensive line. They lost three dudes to the NFL. They have some big void to fill. Now that defensive front seven is is probably a little bit better than it was last year. But look, it's Utah. They're always good. Um, Huntley, I think, you know his health, but he has some questions to answer, and and so. Anyway, first so game, the that's first the first game. The first game's always weird. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. First game, the hype, BYU's going to have the opportunity to prepare for them for they're starting now, you know, 100 days leading up to it and all those things. And then you look at the other ones, big question, great logos, but big question marks as far as programs go. Tennessee's just searching for answers. Uh, SC, obviously was not a state in the program. There's Clay Helton's. They're talking about giving him the quick hook if the season, you know, BYU really, in essence, could get Clay Helton fired. Like they pull him back around again. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you look at Washington. I think Chris Peterson builds this program very similar to like a, a Kyle Whittingham or, or something like that that you kind of plug and play. But at the same time, they're missing a lot of senior leadership. And anytime you lose a guy, it was like, it reminds me of like when uh, Boise lost Kellen Moore and they spent two or three years searching for answers. Same thing with Washington at Jake browning so i'm really optimistic about those first four games but uh as a being in the program right if i were in that program it's all about going one and oh and so and you can the great thing about that is you start preparing for that right now and they've been preparing it for it since the end of last season since the utah game i think through the western michigan game it was we're preparing for utah no question. To a point, right? No. I, Obviously, you want to beat that team in front of you. I agree. Well, that when, wasn't a big challenge. Look, when you're that close and you can taste it, and we've look, you shared the 18 out of the last 21 have been a score more, and a lot of those have been, I, in recent memory, have been three points. Forget a score. Mm-hmm. It's been like a field goal mm-hmm. or less. And so to be that close at their place, to feel, you know, you get a couple breaks go your way, you come out of that with a win with all of the young talent that was on the field at that point last year and so much of that returning back, there's no question that you take care of business in the bowl game, you put the beating on them that you did to show not only to maybe your opponent in Utah, but more to show to yourselves that, 
that that snowball, that momentum is rolling into week one, and you're ready, and you're going to take care of business. So couldn't be more excited. Riley Nelson, former BYU quarterback, new BYU football color analyst on the radio with Greg Rebell is with us in Studio B. We asked each other, what's the 100 or the thing that you're 100% confident in as it pertains to BYU football going into the season? So, Riley, what are you 100% confident in? Um, it's going to be pretty boring, but it's the only position group that, that – uh, Look, I'd love to say Zach, and I do have a ton of confidence in Zach, but, and it has nothing to do with him, but it's just when you've never come back from a surgery like that, especially on your throwing arm, you don't. Andrew Luck sat out a whole season because of the question marks with the rare. Now, talked with Zach, and he feels really optimistic, and the team around him does too, and, and I do as well. But that being said, 100% confident, I think, in the, in the offensive line position group and the culture that they're building and the players that are returning and being a guy who played behind the offensive line as a quarterback, I know when those guys are good and solid up front, the rest of the everything else seems to be a little bit easier and seem to work a little bit better. So I'm 100% confident in that offensive line. And then I'm 100% confident in an intangible, the competition that's, that's that good players are going to emerge and rise to the occasion in those spots. You mentioned middle linebacker and some of the spots in the secondary. That Kalani will foster a culture of competition through summer and fall camp where guys will emerge and be big time. I I won't call them surprises, but they will make their name in the BYU program for this team this year. Riley's ready to go. Yeah, let's hundred. Give him a my, mic. I got days, I got back mic. sweating. Why a hundred days? Let's go right now. If you got back sweat, we're working, man. Let's go. Wow. wow. Congrats on the position. Oh, man. thanks so much. Great to have you yeah. with us again. We, we, it uh, means you're gonna hang out with us more. That's that. Right? You no, know, I know. Yeah. More you guys. Weeks, more you guys is never a yeah. bad Lucky thing. Lucky you. <laughs> uh, we have a picture of the new broadcast team. So oh, wow. look at that. Here it They're is. taking pictures already. Wow. Uh-huh. That's Riley cool. Nelson from left to right. Riley Nelson, Greg Rebell, Mitchell Jurgens, and Jason Shepard. So here's the question. I like the matching hands on hips on the edges and then the full. I was going to say, That's whose good. idea do you think the hands on hips was? It wasn't mine. I'll Greg? just say that. Greg? Yeah. <laughs> Greg didn't even do it. No. <laughs> you, got, you guys know Shep. Shep. Oh, Shep. Shep. Well, Shep's got he those wanted, massive wanted, pecs. Yes, he wanted no. to show his arms off and his pecs. You That's bet. one million percent Shep, of Shepard's Shep, Shep at this but, point hey, is we'll lifting more than you are. Because oh, no question. You're, yeah, you're no, I look. Yeah. Those, those days are behind me. Let <laughs> Shep win it. It's fun. I'll be his spotter on all the road trips. Or I guess he's in yeah. studio. But yeah. I'll be the heavy lifting on the broadcast. In fall camp, when you guys are working out yourselves, then you'll spot you. There you go. There you go. Great stuff, man. That's Thanks exciting. for coming. Thanks for having me on. Oh, have you signed our new flag, our Sailor Coop flag? I no, I haven't. I signed the Y one last yeah. time I was here. Yeah. I haven't you, signed the Sailor Coop. You need to sign the, the Sailor Coop okay. flag. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Get it Riley. done. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, coming up, men's, go- ball, <laughs> men's golf coach Bruce Brockbank on how his team has reached back-to-back NCAA champions. But first, we go between the lines with Mark Pope, who apparently can rap. All right, what? This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with another look at today's headlines. BYU Baseball and Casey Jacobson named West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Jacobson had six hits, two home runs, three runs batted in over the last week. He's the fifth Cougar player this season to be named the WCC Player of the Week. B1Baseball.com projects BYU in the Corvallis Regional. The Batcats begin play in the double elimination West Coast Conference Tournament Thursday night, 6 Eastern against LMU on BYU Radio. Shaley Gonzalez named as one of six alternates for the Team USA Basketball Women's Under-19 squad that will compete at this summer's U-19 World Cup in Thailand. Gonzalez 
one of 30 original trialists. We know for sure she's one of the top 18 players, U19. Impressive stuff. Congrats to Shaley. And Brandon Davies is headed to Real Madrid in Spain, according to Sportando. Davies has one year left on his deal with Zalgiris in Lithuania. Real Madrid would buy out that contract. Real Madrid is known as one of the, if not the, power in non-NBA basketball. If you missed it, we just spoke with the new BYU football radio analyst, Riley Nelson. You can download the podcast, listen to that entire conversation, why he uh, felt like he was the natural fit. Because in, in his car, to his wife, he's been, he's been doing the color analysis well, he's, for, for years. He's not the only guy that does no. that, but he actually has the job. <laughs> well, it's now been a few months since BYU announced Mark Pope as the new head coach of BYU basketball. And while we may have learned a little more about the man's coaching style. We know all about his energy. How much do we really know about his entire backstory? For that, we go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Hi, I'm Mark Pope, and this is the story of my life. Chapter 1, My Childhood. I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. When I was six months old, moved to New York. Once a year, my dad would take me into the city where he worked. And he worked in a huge office building, and we would go explore the city. We would get uh, dollar hot dogs at lunch and, and kind of get the tour of the joint. It, it's been a long time since anybody wanted to watch me shoot, actually. Do you want me to talk some smack? If I can, if I can make some? Chapter 2, high school. I went to high school in Seattle at Newport High School, home of the Newport Knights. My high school basketball experience was one of the great experiences of my life. I had an unbelievable coach named Rich Belcher. He was as close to a second father to me as you could imagine. Do I have a hidden talent? Just in the hopes that Lin-Manuel, that you're watching. I'm gonna get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dad got amazed and astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains, but no polish. I gotta holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge, I'm a diamond in the rough. A shiny piece of coal, everybody. All right, good. Chapter three, college career. How did your first two seasons at Washington help your basketball career? They were hard. I went to the University of Washington with big dreams. I went to play there for a coach who was an old, ornery, former FBI agent who worked in narcotics unit. I mean, he was a tough dude, Lynn Nance, and I loved him. We couldn't win enough games, and coach ended up getting fired two years in, so it was pretty tough. Probably the thing, without doubt, that means the most to me in college uh, was being a part of a team that won a national championship. I have a relationship with those with those guys on that team that I don't have with anybody else in the world, and it's the best part of athletics is these relationships that we get to build. When I was in college, we were studying all kind of, uh, I was an English major. You know, we were, we were searching for truth. You don't want to hear about circle theory. Chapter four, professional career. Draft night was a curious experience for me. I had no idea if I would get drafted. Finally, I think it was 52nd pick of 58 in the second round. Uh, I got selected by the Indiana Pacers. That began the odyssey, which was to be my professional basketball career. I played for the Indiana Pacers till Larry Bird fired me. Then I played for the Milwaukee Bucks till George Carl fired me. Then I played for the New York Knicks till Don Chaney fired me. And I played for the Denver Nuggets till George Carl fired me again. George, I'll never forgive you. Which current NBA player would I most compare myself to? There is nobody in the NBA currently today that is as bad a player as I was. The Bucks in the playoffs. This has been the greatest thing ever, okay? 
that the Bucks finally made it back to the Eastern Conference Finals because I played on the Bucks in 2001, which is the last time we went back. Do you still have your shot? Uh, I, I, can, I can shoot it just a little bit. There's a, there's a secret. There's one secret to making shots. I was with Reggie Miller for two years. I was with Ray Allen for two years. I played for Larry Bird. Being with those guys, you know that there's a secret to making shots. The problem is I have no idea what that secret is. Chapter five, coaching career. My most memorable moment with Coach Dave Rose, first of all, it might have been the first time that I ever met him and sat down and talked to him. We were actually on the road recruiting in the summer and I was coaching at Wake Forest. And um, I got to sit with Coach for 15 minutes and he was so generous uh, in, in having a conversation. And that became a relationship that I really, really treasure to this day. He's, 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 all right, Mark Pope. That was great, going great until great, the end. Great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. Well, we'll, we'll post see, the entire video uh, on YouTube and Twitter and whatnot so you can see it. But now, oh my God, here's the thing. That was how, hilarious. How did? How much did, were we set up when he said, "Look, I played there's, for Larry Bird, <laughs> played with Ray Allen, one of the great shooters of all time." And there's a secret to always making shots. And we're all like, "What's the secret? What's the secret?" And I have no idea what it is. <laughs> here's the problem. <laughs> As we watch him like make two of three, which he is, can rap too. Yeah, that was great. So much personality, and his journey has been really unique. Yeah, got fired by George Carl twice. Twice, George, I'll never forget. Never he, forgive you for that, George. He loves George Carl. I know that. Yes, um, he's got so much personality. I'm very excited about kind of this new direction. Obviously, the head coach is in charge of how much he's going to let you in. Guess what? Mark Pope's going to let you in. You're going to see BYU basketball in a way you haven't seen it before. That's not an indictment on Dave Rose. Now he ran it. He ran it the way he wanted to run it. Yeah. And if you win, it doesn't matter. If you win, it doesn't matter. Um, and hopefully Mark can have that combination of great access and winning, and then we're all happy. It's going to be awesome. And maybe we were just setting you up for the big finish, and then we pulled the rug out from underneath you so you can catch the final 45 seconds. You're saying we made it freeze on purpose? Yes. Yes. What? <laughs> Coming up, Brandon Davies appears to be heading west. How far west? But first, BYU head golf coach Bruce Brockbank joins us on his way to the NCAA championships for a second year in a row. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, baseball gets some new fans and some of Kiki Solano's favorite parts of the Nashville Fan Fest. Watch it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm just glad that the set's not destroyed because... We were a little concerned. I watched a video, and she was tossing some stuff. I thought something might break. She's swinging a baseball bat in here. Yeah, that's, you know, always a dangerous proposition. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What is the one thing you are 100% confident in for BYU football as it pertains to the 2019 college football season? At the one, the only Luke Schultz on Instagram. That is a lengthy handle. (laughs) I'm confident in BYU beating Utah. I'm also confident in a healthy roster, especially in the running back category. Well, in game one, yeah. (laughs) Then football happens. In, In game number one, yeah. Then football happens. People get hurt. It happens. Depth is... Probably undervalued a lot, especially in football. No, I think it's valued quite a bit. Oh, I, mm, yeah. Well, BYU hasn't had it. So, yeah, maybe, it, it's, maybe it's not undervalued, but it, uh, it's needed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's needed. That's the understatement of the show. <laughs> 
Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is a man who has plenty of depth on his golf roster, the head coach of BYU Men's Golf, Bruce Brockbank. Coach, congratulations first and foremost, yeah. making it back to the NCAA championships for a second consecutive year. Thank you. We're excited to be heading back for sure. Man, I know it's a journey to get uh, there just one time, but to go back-to-back, especially when you lose a guy that had the talent of Patrick Fishburne, how in the world did your team pull it off again? Well, as you mentioned, just great performances by the guys that we have on the team. And, you know, one through uh, six, each guy, you know, when he has a chance to shoot a score, they usually uh, come up big to, you know, help the team. We've thought we've known who was going to do what this year, but you have a good team. It's not just been Peter Quest and the Questettes. It's been uh, Carson Lundell in day one. It was Rhett Rasmussen to win the regional. Um, it took a team performance, Coach, and uh, it, w- it was fun to watch. What are your thoughts on how your team performed? Well, it was, uh, you know, very impressive. You know, we had a great fall. We've talked about that, and we struggled a little bit in the spring, and to have the guys step up when we needed it the most um, was just, it was fabulous. You know, we had uh, our high score at the regional was 72, and uh, we had a couple of really low scores. In fact, three real low, 64 and a couple of 63s. So from top to bottom, got the you know, the kids got the job done. At what point when you were in Pullman in that regional, did you begin to feel comfortable that you were going to advance on and get back to another championship round? You know, through about nine holes the last day, we had all five guys under par. And, uh, you know, I'm standing out there thinking, you know what, we're going to get this done this week. And and, uh, about the time I started feeling a little bit comfortable, um, you know, we had a kid birdie three or four in a row, and then I really got comfortable. And then we had a couple of hiccups on the par five with about four holes to go, but the guys made some, you know, putts when they needed to to just kind of seal the deal. Rhett Rasmussen won the individual championship, uh, the medalist there. Uh, what made his performance so good? You know, he just uh, he drove the ball particularly well uh, those last two rounds, and then he just started hitting his wedges close, which he's, you know, that's that's one of his strengths. He, he can find a way to, when he gets going, the kid can make a lot of birdies, and that's what he did at the regional. Now that you've been to the NCAA championships and these guys have experienced that type of pressure, how will that be an advantage to them this time around mentally, Coach? Well, I think just, you know, being in that environment, um, you know, with a lot of great teams, uh, had a chance to experience it, uh, the different format and, you know, what we have to do on that Thursday afternoon. Uh, you know, I think we should be one step uh, better for sure. Uh, the golf course we're going to play is just fantastic at the Blessings Club. And uh, they're saying it's the most difficult course we'll face in a long time. So it'll be really exciting to see how we uh, deal with that challenge for sure. It's a unique challenge that's self-imposed, right? BYU doesn't compete on Sunday, so your third round will be your first round on Thursday, so it won't come into play until Sunday. It's kind of a weird deal. So you talked about, okay, we did that last year. Maybe now we know how to approach it. What is that approach? Well, we're going to, you know, we've been practicing a little bit. It's, it's uh, you know, all year long you play in threesomes, and, uh, you know, the first round of the national championship, we're going to be out there all by ourselves, and, and I think the guys have a little bit better feel for it. Um, but, you know, the biggest issue we faced last year was the weather. And it sounds like it's going to be a factor again this year, uh, at least for, um, 
you know, the first couple of days. So when you look at that, and on top of that, you said this is maybe the one of the hardest courses that the NCAA champ- championship has ever been held at in, in the recent past. What, what specifically makes the course so hard, you know, notwithstanding the weather? Well, I think the length of the course. I think there's, uh, again, I was talking to one of the coaches, and he said that four or five of the par fours are over 500 yards. And the par five, three of the par fives are over 600 yards. So, oh boy. Um, you know, you're going to need to, you got to hit the driver great. And when the course is that long, if uh, you know you're getting the ball up and down, you'll you'll uh, compete. But if you're if you're having trouble doing that, and I and I from what I gather, the greens are really uh, extreme, very undulated and fast. And so uh, you know it's going to be different for everybody. We'll just see how we handle it. That's super nice that Tony Finau said that he was going to uh, offer his services to your team to help out with that, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. If you have any advice, let me know. <laughs> Bruce, does humidity play into golf? Is that a thing? Does the ball drag if it's a little more humid, say, in Fayetteville, Arkansas? Yeah, there's no question. Sea level is always uh, a challenge. But, uh, you know, we have kids on the team that are well-traveled, and they they know what it's like to uh, have to hit those long irons. And so um, we'll, we're excited for the challenge for sure. Coach, we're thrilled for you. Congratulations again. So much hard work has gone into this. Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma that uh, you can share with your team. Take it. Go play well in uh, Fayetteville, and uh, we're excited to watch how you perform. Thanks so much, and we'll uh, we'll do everything we can to give you something to, you know, write about and announce. How's that? Oh, hey, you've, already, you've already done that. This Plenty. Is, this, is, this is gravy, <laughs> man. Gravy. Yep. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks a bunch. See you. Bruce Brockbank on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. 24th place last year. Can they go top 20 this year? That would be great. Yes, and this team has been fun to watch. So good luck to those They've guys. They've already overachieved. Yes. Getting back to the NCAA championships? Overachievement. Fantastic. Coming up, Brandon Davies is playing for a new team in Europe. We'll tell you where he's reportedly heading. And Shaley Gonzalez named an alternate for Team USA. What is it with BYU athletes and Team USA? USA. USA. USA! USA! This is BYU Sports Nation. USA! USA! Shout out to today's guest, Riley Nelson, the brand new BYU football color analyst, joining Greg Rubel this fall, and Bruce Brockbank, the head coach of BYU Men's Golf, headed back to the NCAA Championships. Fun stuff with Mark Pope as well. Oh, Uh, Between the lines. lines. Shows on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Your boy Casey Jacobson is the West Coast Conference Playa of the Week after a six-hit, two-homer week in four games. D1Baseball.com has BYU as a three-seed in the Corvallis Regional, taking on a two-seed Ole Miss in their field of 64 bracket for the NCAA Baseball Tournament. The Batcats would clinch a guaranteed spot on the tournament if they win the WCC postseason tournament, which opens Thursday against LMU 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. Do they have enough to be an at-large if they don't win that tournament? Women's basketball. West Coast Conference newcomer of the year, Shaley Gonzalez, is one of six alternates on the USA U19 World Cup team. The team was whittled down from 30 to 12. Cougars overseas. Brandon Davies, according to Sportando, has reportedly agreed to a one-year deal with European basketball powerhouse Real Madrid for next season. While Davies still has one year left on his current contract with Zalgiris Kaunas in Lithuania, 
they will receive, reportedly, a buyout from Madrid. And Elijah Bryant scored 25 points, five boards, and the latest win for Elliott in Israel. Tennis. Sean Hill of BYU Men's Tennis named the ITA player to watch for the Mountain Region this Saturday. Hill posted a 19-2 regular season singles record and a 13-4 regular season doubles record. Cougars in the minors. Well, in the majors. Taylor Cole started for the LA Angels last night. Cole pitched just one inning as a uh, reliever. Well, he was the starter, but as reliever. Okay. Gave up two hits, no run. Volleyball. Team USA won the opening match in the Volleyball Nations League. Three sets to none over Belgium. Mary Lake, one of three players with collegiate eligibility is still remaining and on the team, dressed but did not play in the match. Today's rise and shout-outs now. For me, Jerem, it goes to a WNBA and college basketball analyst, Deb Antonelli. She raised over $80,000 for the Special Olympics with a 24-hour free-throw fundraiser. She apparently slept like all of 15 minutes in a 24-hour period. Shot at a 94% accurate clip, made 2,400 free throws out of an attempted 2,553 in that 24-hour span. That's amazing. That's wow. incredible. She did it at the Mount Pleasant Town Hall gym. Her 21-year-old son, Frankie, is a Special Olympics athlete. Just a, an outstanding I'm an mostly outstanding impressed effort. by her free throw percentage. Oh, wow. that's incredible. Mine goes to Ron Brown, BYU fan who anchored the news in Med- Medford, uh, Oregon, for 29 years. He's going through cancer treatment. He's in a hospital with some complications. When he improved enough to talk on the phone, his first comment was that the hospital didn't have BYU TV, so he couldn't watch BYU Sports Nation. Ron, best of luck to you. We're wishing uh, good things for you. Thank you for watching the show. We appreciate it. And let's get BYU TV in that hospital. Absolutely. Luckily, you can just use your phone make, and watch the Make show. it happen. Yeah. And if they don't have it, yeah, somebody take a computer or a <laughs> take tablet. Take this man a digital a device. Get him access to BYU Sports Nation. We love you, man. Great stuff. Our question of the day. What's the one thing you're 100% confident for BYU football in the 2019 season? The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. From at BYU All Blue, that Spencer Linton will start talking about BYU being ranked after one win and Jerem Jordan will tell him to pump the brakes. <laughs> Guaranteed. Sorry to Dennis Pitt on no time. Oh, my goodness. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Cassie DeVagere. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation and Noon Eastern. Go Cougs.